It's Monday, and that means it's time for the Legend of the Glorio Heroes. We're going to talk about the legendary 1988 OVA, discuss its themes, and despair its events in the 18th episode of this podcast. As always, I'm your host, G, desperately struggling to not have an emotional breakdown here <laughs> over the events of these recent episodes. Uh, with me, as always, uh, my emotional rock and famous for his steely gay stoicism in these hard times is my co-host, Hero. Hi, that's me. Uh, yes. <laughs> Stoic. Sure. And, uh, Is that the it, same thing as just emotionally deadened? Eero, the, the stoic navigator, the stoic uh, co-pilot. He never, <laughs> he, his gaze never wa- never wavers in the face of, 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 of overwhelming odds and, impeding, and the impeding destruction oh, of democracy. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad you're here because uh, we have an interesting... Duo. Of yeah, uh, we ran up against the uh, question of how to split up the last four episodes of the season, and we settled on two episodes of two. Yes. So this might be a shorter one, maybe. We'll, yes, we'll, we'll find we, out. Uh, yeah, we we have our suspicions after doing our season one finale podcast that uh. There will probably be things at the end of this season we are going to want to talk about, and we might talk about them at length. So probably hmm. better to have a uh, you know have have our standard you know length episode here talking about uh, the two episodes we're going to talk about here, and then um, uh, next time we will be doing our uh, our season finale podcast once more, where uh, we're going to bring on some other members of the Glorio crew to talk about our feelings and thoughts on a. Uh, on episodes 53 and 54 and the end of season yeah, two. Which we have not yet to see, so... No, we have not seen those yet as of this recording. You know, I, I want to give this guarantee to all you lovely listeners out there. <laughs> we don't know what's happening next. Yes, our takes are fresh. Farm fresh from from farm to table takes. Organic certified. Yeah, these are organic free roam takes. Uh, you know, we, uh, we don't, we don't watch ahead of, you know, we don't, we don't do that sort of coy, like, oh, I do wonder what'll happen to Young Wenli next. Like, no, we still don't fucking know. know. And it scares us. Oh, so I know, I've, I've seen the, the, uh, the alleged pictures of long hair Reinhard. Yes, uh, yes. So we, uh, we, we keep these takes fresh. So, uh, let's just get right into it, Hero. Uh, what episodes are we watching? Yeah, um, we're, we're talking about episodes 51 and 52, which are respectively, the Battle of Vermilion, Part 1 and 2. Yes. So that gives you an idea of what we're getting into here. We're talking about the Battle of Vermilion, the legendary clash between <laughs> the trickster, the source of disease, the magician, the miracle man, Yang Wen Li, and uh, his his empire counterpart, who does not have nearly as many titles, but perhaps the, he only needs one. Admiral. Yes. Oh, yes. I guess he had that one back in the day. But uh, perhaps a man only needs one title when it is uh, Kaiser Reinhard von Lohengrim. So. Technically not Kaiser yet, is he? Okay, fine. He's not Kaiser yet, but people are saying, see Kaiser, we're, we're, my we're Kaiser. Got what, so. got what, Kaiser and Catherine or something this is yeah. technically on the throne, swaddled yeah. on the throne. Yes, yes, fine. <laughs> fine. Look, I'm just saying enough people have said, mine Kaiser. That uh, uh, might as well start calling him that already. That's true. No. But uh, uh, yeah, and uh, as we so start up episode fifty-one, 
Mein Kaiser Reinhard von Lohengram is uh, headed for Heineson, and all of these other fleets have all spread out. Yeah, um, uh, they have uh, they have purposely uh, spread themselves out so as to isolate uh, Reinhard von Lohengram to uh, force Yang Wenli into a confrontation. And uh, so that, that's kind of how the episode opens up, and we kind of get like. <clears throat> We kind of get this great, like, little, like, tactical strate- strategic talk here about, like, it's a very minor point, but I want to get into it because it really speaks to this idea of, like, even though they know each other's strategies, there are all these, like, other still little minor things that, like, can come into play that could make, you know, potentially huge differences later on. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like basically, the way the uh, the uh, Reinhardt attack goes towards Heinesen, uh, he basically puts himself on a path that uh, forces Yang to attack him um, earlier than he'd like. Like Reinhardt is separated, but but Yang basically wanted uh, to wait until Reinhardt was the maximum distance from his admirals, you know. Right. But uh, he actually. But the, could but the not. way they're spreading out is that yeah. he can't wait because if he waits, then Reinhardt will just fall upon Heinesen. Yes, like he can he can wait no longer. So this is the time to attack, and like so you can kind of see this thing here where like. Yes, Reinhardt set this like yes, Reinhardt set this plot. He is isolating himself to fight uh, Yang Wenli, but at the same time, this is all in response to what Yang Wenli was doing in the prior episodes. Like in a ways, it is their plots playing against each other in these like very uh, minute and interesting ways. But uh, anyways, so this happens. We we get uh, Julian Yang talking again. It's been a while, yeah, you, know, uh, and, you know. Julian uh, sees through Reinhardt's plans basically. You know. He knows it's a trap. I mean, it's. I think everybody knows it. I'm sure even Young knows it's a trap. But like yeah. you know, Julian is there to just spell it out for us that hey, uh, this is clearly like he would not do. Like Reinhardt is not the man who would do this unless he was exceedingly confident he could pull it off. And yeah. uh, we kind of have a bit here from Young where he's also like Young, yeah. yeah. Also, like assures Julian that he doesn't want to fight Reinhardt one to one just out of pride or whatever. Yeah. Like, he is not a warrior in the same way that Reinhardt is. And that uh, if Yang had it his way, you know, he would win. If he could win without fighting, he would. Like, that is kind of the, the Yang Wen Li way. And, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, but he also says he wants to figure out how to use Reinhardt's romanticism and pride to defeat him. Yes, a lot of, like, little mind game stuff here. You know, uh, and, uh, you know, we see how that goes. So, uh, that happens, and, uh, you know, uh, Frederica comes into Yang's office, and, um, <laughs> Yang waves, uh, Julian away, and, um, we have what is maybe finally <laughs> Yang's most awkward moment. Right. But also, maybe the thing that made me the most anxious. Right. I have ever been uh, in this show. <laughs> Young has declared some time for R and R before the battle, and so everyone's everyone wants to you know short their uh their stuff, get everything yeah done get their, uh, they might get die their, yeah get their final affairs into order you know and uh, you know I think we have a we have a bit here where Kodev says he's going to sleep, <laughs> which oh god his. Boy, is he. Boy, is he sleeping by the end of these episodes. Uh, God damn it. But, um, 
so yeah, so we have a uh, we have Yang um, kind of speaking in private with Frederica, and Yang starts pacing back and forth. He starts <laughs> kind of Yang Wenli. He starts rambling about this and that, about the war and what men and women do, and he's just stumbling <laughs> completely over himself. But also, like Frederica's really not helping things either. Here, she's like, he knows what's going she, on. She knows, but she's also like, let's be real, like. So there's, just a, there's a shot of her putting lipstick on before going to the right. Here's the thing. I don't know if she did that specifically for that, or is that supposed to imply that Frederica, Frederica always does that before meeting with Young Wedley? I think either I mean, way, like... Right, yes, I mean, yes, we all we all know Frederica has a thing for Young, but I think... But yeah, so, just to get to it, yes, so Young finally um, proposes to Frederica in what is uh, literally the most awkward marriage proposal I have maybe ever seen in my life. Uh, the secondhand embarrassment is real, folks. <laughs> God damn it, Young! Oh, he's such fucking... a good boy, though. Yeah, Young's a good, Young's a good guy, but uh, but what yeah. I mean is, like, what I say is, Frederick doesn't help. Is like, I didn't realize it until this episode, but also kind of how awkward Frederica is as well. <laughs> I like how her first reaction to him saying. I'd like to get married is like, oh, well, if we pull our pensions, living expenses wouldn't be a problem at all. Right? She starts but, talking about but, like, but I mean, like, that's also incredibly <laughs> young when Lee. Yes, it is extremely but, but yeah, just like, I mean, also there's kind of a, there's kind of a lovely implication here where like Frederica doesn't even need to say yes, because the right. implication why, why, like, how could you ever doubt what she'd say? So, of course, he just moves immediately on to, well, our finances no, will probably cover us. So. Yeah, we'll be fine. Don't worry, Young Winley, who seems to always talk about earning his pension. Yeah, yeah. And that, <laughs> oh, God. Young, you can't just say stuff like this. Oh, we're getting married before the final battle of the season? Huh? Hmm. Uh, uh, no, no, because... Oh, well, we'll, we'll definitely get married afterwards. No, uh, yeah, I was like, don't worry, we'll get married after the war is over. After this battle, when when we're all gonna be alive, for sure. Oh god, I... Absolutely, all of us will still be alive, and everything will be fine, and we can get married. So... There's definitely not 50 more episodes of the show. So we're gonna... I think we'll save what I... We'll save the very... I think we'll, we'll, we'll save the very uncomfortable speculation for at the end of episode our 51 talk, but oh boy, you know, I never have I seen somebody's plot armor evaporate so quickly <laughs> as Yang Wen Lee's in episode 51. Oh, like, my dude, you're a historian. You should know that. Don't ever propose to marry somebody hey, check after out, the war. Check out my, this picture of my lovely girlfriend back home like when we get home we're gonna get married fuck's sake dude fucking kazalnu has more plot armor than you at this point and he has a family and children like we already saw what we already saw what a family we already saw what family and kids did to fucking um to kemp like (laughs) like having a family is is a fatal choice in legend of the galactic heroes yeah how long i think will mittermeier die until what are Mittermeier's chances? I think Mittermeier's fucked. Like, he's also got a sweetheart back home, right? Yeah. Once, like, once, once he receives the call that she's pregnant, he'll yeah, eat no. it instantly. No, I mean, shit, dude. Like, fucking... Look, man, like, Reithal, Reithal's smart. I hate to admit it, but he's smart. That's why, <laughs> that's why, as we said all those episodes back, this is why Reithal pumps and dumps. No emotional connection. Uh, no, nothing, nothing to strip away his plot armor. 
Like, like uh, Rico, this fucking selfish dickhead of an admiral, will probably live until like literally like the last ten episodes because gathering like, power. Yeah, because he looks out for number one. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, it's all these other fucking uh, goobers getting married and falling in love that are gonna get got. Oh, uh, boy. Like, you know, it's like hell. At this point, now my speculation isn't that Julian is going to survive because he's smart and a good person. It's probably because Julian's going to stay single. I would. But, uh, speaking I mean, of, uh, yeah. So let's just get into that part. Uh, Kazune, Kazunu, like, oh, good pulls, old pulls him aside for, uh, and because uh, he knows the score. Yeah, because Kazunu pours pours him just a glass of whiskey or yeah, glass of liquor. Whatever. Is it straight or was there ice? There I, was I, ice. Okay, but, but also, like, fucking Dolan slams the chip back, hoovers it up in a single go. Yeah, which is you know that like look, look when when Yang does that, you're just like okay, Yang, that's fucking Tuesday night. When <laughs> when Julian does that, like man, you know that tonight. like yeah, and so Kazunu kind of uh, correctly guesses that Julian. Julian has always had a crush on Frederick. I, I've never said it on tape, but like, I feel like that has been relatively, cl- relatively, yeah, yeah sure, I, cl- clear-ish. I, I would say, I would say definitely, I would definitely say, uh, uh, um, if you speculated it, I think it's definitely a very like reasonable speculation to have. I think that overall, Legend of Galactic Heroes was like, you know, it it was it was uh, nuanced and subtle enough to never like really hammer you on the head over I, it. I never like, brought it up because I didn't think it would go anywhere. You know, right. like, like at the same time in retrospect now, all those like all those shots that hold on Julian looking at Frederica for just a second too long. Uh-huh. It, it all kind of makes sense now, you know? Also like, he always calls her Frederica and never yes. Lieutenant Greenhill or anything. Uh yes, so. I guess that's a good point as well. Yes. And yeah, it's like, you know, look, as a big fan of Persona 5, you know, and all of the uh, <laughs> all of the notably older women in that game that you can woo. My heart goes out to Frederica. I mean, uh, it's uh, Julian here. You know, just uh, look, man. Hey, yeah. <sighs> Better to have loved and lost, though, right? Like that's kind of what yeah, Kazlu. Sure. That's what uh, you know. That's what Big Brother Kazlu is here for. He said he offers some sage advice on love. That there's no logic to it. You there is there is no rationality to love. There is no like. There is no, there is no formula. There is no equation. There is nothing you can rationally, you know, you can. There's no way you can rationally define it. And you should be worried should you ever become too rational about love. And yeah, you know, as that, they're just slamming back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like let's let, let's not let's not. Yes, like uh, like uh, like Eero. Were you counting how many how many glasses? Julie's it's a down? lot. Like the span okay, of like, like five minutes. I'm fucking, I consider myself a pretty heavy drinker, and I wouldn't go that hard. It's a good thing that they had R and R for twelve hours because uh, Julian's going to. I mean, that would mess me up for longer than twelve. Uh, Julian's going to need all twelve of those hours to sober up yeah. after like downing like four glasses in like five minutes. <laughs> Kazunu uh, fucking gives him some shit. And he's like, I wonder if they'll still call each other Admiral and Lieutenant Commander even after they're married. <laughs> uh, good old Kazanlu, you know. Yeah. And I asks uh, Julian what what he plans on doing afterwards, because uh, he doesn't want to be a third wheel, right? Right, right. He's, so, he's not going to keep living at their house once the, once they're married. Yeah. So, and so. Uh, so 
he says he wants to go visit Earth, check out yeah. what's the deal. Yeah, like what has what has driven so many you know, people? He uh, hung out with Degsby for a while. Yeah. Crazy drug drug man, Bishop Degsby. Yes, yes. Hung out with a crazy druggie for a couple days, and suddenly now he's <laughs> talking about wanting to go to Earth. <laughs> but uh, he's he's heard the words of of the Earth cult. Yeah, yeah my he, mother, tear it in my hand. Yeah, he wants to uh, check that shit out. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder if, you know, I, I wonder if we'll see that come into play down the line. Because, you know, when they say Julian wants to check out Earth someday, what does someday even mean in the fucking nightmarish quagmire of politics and warfare that is Legend of the Galactic Heroes? Well, uh, are <laughs> just saying it for the next few episodes. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, so... The R and R passes, and um, you know, FPA scouts pick up the the Empire fleet, and um, they start getting ready for the fight. Yeah. Um, you know, Young's kind of talking to his crew about, like, look, all right, like this is the fight. You know, like I'm not going to give you all a speech or anything. I'm going to be straight about this. Shenkop is probably, or not? Uh, sorry, I'm looking. I'm getting my notes mixed. Uh, Mittermeier is probably going to be one who gets back first. So we gotta we gotta beat the fuck out of Reinhard before the that. Get to the flagship, blow it up, like fucking kill Reinhard, end this war. Everybody goes home, gets married, you know. But um, and and you know they all kind of start leaving, but Shenkop stays behind, and uh, you know I think bless Shenkop always kind of been like two, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's true. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like I think at this point, right? Like Shenkop is Yang's number two. Like. Like I feel like early on they tried to frame it as frame Castle New as that guy, but mm. I feel like these days like like Castle New is more like a Castle New is more like an actual friend, I guess, considering the way those two talk to each other. Whereas Shenkov is the dude who's actually like. Like here's the thing: I think what makes Shenkov a great number two is that like he is undeniably like undeniably loyal to Yang Wenli, but he's mm. also like he kind of does a bit of that Mirai thing of like he's also the guy who's like. He is like, what if Oberstein were a good person? What if Oberstein weren't a fucking dick? Is kind of what Shenkop is. Because Shenkop is the one who advocate like, for the questionable methods. Yeah, like, like Shenkop is the one who's willing to say stuff like, why don't we just let the NSMC purge all the politicians? You know? Right. <laughs> like, uh, he's kind of the one who's willing to at least float that in the air. And I think and I think the reason why he is undyingly loyal to to Yang Wenli is because he asks those questions and Yang Wenli never like he never like dodges them. He never like avoids them. He he answers. And when Lee never falters in his resolve, right. right? And I think that is what con- like convinces Shenkop to stay loyal. But uh, yeah, he basically like he tells Yang that like, hey, you know, you have a you have a unique perspective. You know, there is perhaps no admiral like you, and nor will there ever be. You know that uh, you don't fight for glory. You know, you don't fight for honor. You know, uh, hell, it's hard to tell if you even fight for for anything really, right? You know, you're a man who, who doesn't believe in himself, but keeps winning fights. And why is that? What? Yeah. Who is the man Yang Wenli? How do you and, how do you justify your actions if you don't believe in like everything that you're doing, like in the, in the the purposes of your nation, or right? Because even because because or believe in your own valor, like. Right, you say what you will about even the worst, you know, most like piggish admirals, but an admiral who fights for like what he believes is, you know, his nation or whatever, 
is ostensibly considered someone who will also like that is why he sends those men to their deaths. But what about a man like Yang Wen Li? How does he live with sending men to their deaths for a cause he doesn't necessarily even believe in? And does not even believe he can win. Like, like how can you know? It's like the thing of like how 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 can you send men to their deaths when you don't even believe you can win the fight, right? Like, who is that man? And we kind of finally get like what I think we've always wanted Yang Wenli to say because we believe that this is the core of his character. Like this is the like one of the quotes that I did see like pre yes. pre watching this, this show because Yang Wenli finally busts out who. Who Yang Wen Li is as a character, and he says that he believes, you know, say what you will about the FPA, say what you will about Job Chunik, say what you will about everything that has happened in our lives. But I believe that in the long run, like I'm not talking about like short term, you know, I'm not talking about like what what we need here and now, but in the long run for the human race. I believe it is better to be ruled by the worst democracy than the best autocracy. You know, it, this is, this yeah. is Yang Wenli, you know, the, this is a man who truly believes in democracy, who truly believes in liberalism, that, that the, that, that these political tools, which give voice to a, a nation's entire civilian populace, instead of just, you know, that power remaining in the chosen few. And that, yes, can it fail sometimes? Can those people vote against their own self-interest? Can they often ruin themselves because of, you know, those very tools they've been given? Yes. But also, it is, it, he believes that it is it is the moral imperative that it is better that mankind make those choices as a collective whole than for the individual few to force those decisions upon everybody else. And Although, as uh, Shankop says, like Rudolf, uh, Kaiser Rudolf rose to emperor with the full support of his nation. He was voted in. And like, and again, I think like Yang Wenli says, and if that's what the people want, like, you know, A, so be it, but also B, you know, what a fascinating moral quandary. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have time to think about such quandaries because the enemy has arrived. Yes, so... You know, after Yang Wenli basically lays down the very, the very core fiber of his being, the battle <laughs> begins. Uh, the battle for million starts, and um, yeah, kind of, it's you know, a nice up, battle. Yeah, just kind of an open battle between Yang Wenli and Reinhardt, and uh, it starts off. They're both, you know, they're both suspecting the other has got a trick up their sleeve, so they're playing. I mean, it pretty safe. I, wouldn't you suspect suspect the trickster Yang Wenli to have tricks? I mean, yes. So you know what? It's a pretty, it's a pretty <clears throat> smart choice. All said and done. Some there's a couple of good shots here of ships shooting each other. Uh, oh yes, a yes, real good uh, Macross missile launch. Oh man, yeah, with that Imperial some destroyer. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah, some really good shots in this fight. You know, just uh, that always good, up for Eton Circus. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And just that good space opera stuff. That like it seems like this. Where you remember that these are the these are the stereotypes that people associate with Legend of the Galactic <laughs> Heroes. But doesn't uh, all that often, honestly. Like no, it doesn't actually. I mean, look, that that shit is expensive. You know, you got to save it for when it really matters. But yeah, so they're kind of just trading shots with each other. You know, kind of slowly, kind of bleeding each other out. Uh, we get a great point. We get a, a great bit here where uh, Ternizen gets hasty, um, pushes. He pushes his session of the fleet a little too hard, a little too early into the battle, and gets totally fucked up as a result. <laughs> but he, uh, but he 
he wants the chance to take out Yangwen Lee with his own hands. Yeah, fucking every hey, hey fuck hey kid, fucking get in line. Everybody does. <laughs> fucking literally every citizen of the goddamn I'm like, empire. Right we can get him. Yeah, yeah. Guess what? Fucking, <laughs> you know that's everybody. Everybody wants a piece of Young Lee. and but, everyone uh, just says, "What the fuck are you doing, Reinhardt?" Right. Overstein. Overstein has a great line where, here where he just looks at Reinhardt is like, "What a hero!" Overstein. Oh God damn it, Overstein. But um, yeah. So uh, this bout keeps going. It gets pretty gnarly. Get some here. shots. Some classic. I, I feel like I want I, I want to see these shots in any big space type show, but um. Yeah, we start to see the human cost of the battle. <laughs> shots of the corridors exploding and men <laughs> vivisected, and like being disemboweled and like split in half, like and, like leaning on each other. And yeah, being yeah. Melted by fire. And yeah, yeah. It's. It's it's gory, but also it's we like we get the single shot of a picture, a framed photo of Jean Trudic sitting in fire. Yes, yes. As if, as if you could not understand it better, the narrator then kind of kicks in that, like you know, never forget the cost of war, yeah. and that like those far from the lines, you know, always talk about how righteousness is the most important thing in battle because it's the only way you can convince young men and women <clears throat> to throw their lives into something as horrible as this. Yeah. No, but because uh, bring about the, the things they champion, they must pay in human blood. Right, other people's human blood, not their yeah, own. Of course, you know. And, and then, I, yeah, narrator goes into how uh, if one was if one were to compare Reinhard von Lohengram with uh, those unworthy rulers who sit sit in their high towers, uh, it's that Reinhard stands at the front line with his troops. And as for Young Wen Lee, the thing that separates him from them is that he truly understands and feels the guilt of every man he orders to his death. Yeah, yeah. And then the episode ends on a cheery note with Young wondering if he even deserves happiness over the guilt of the human lives he's cost in this war. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, And even even though now he reciprocates Frederick's feelings... Ah, uh, he still wonders if he deserves happiness. Yes, and it's, it's like, oh, what a way to end the, the first half of oh, a pitched battle pair yeah. of episodes. It's it's a lot, it's a lot, and uh, okay, so let's get into the two big topics I think that come up with episode fifty-one. So the first one I think is going to be kind of what is what makes a, what makes for good leadership, or what do people perceive as good leadership? We kind of see here like, oh, Reinhardt's great because sure he's a He's a ruthless autocrat, but also he leads from the front. You know, there's kind of this implication that oh, he puts his mouth, or he puts his money where his mouth is. Like, I think uh, like one of something that is considered like an extremely um, positive out words. Uh, <laughs> something that's considered like a admirable um, trait, like across media, is self sacrifice. Oh right? yeah. I mean, it is the idea of we glorify the concept of uh, uh, of a man who truly believes in something uh, reflects that in in not only his words but his physical actions and his presence. Right. You know, the idea that that you know a, a great leader you know 
leads from the front, you know, that he, uh, he, uh, he's uh, willing to risk himself. Yes. is willing to risk himself for his ideals. And I don't necessarily say those are bad things, right? Like those are, at the end of the day, they're just concepts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that that is, at, you know, like just from a, a point of perception, that is what makes Reinhardt more admirable. That is what makes him more noble. Like he is certainly a more classically heroic character than Yang Wenli. Yes, and it's totally understandable why people why he is so popular, and probably why Reinhardt is arguably more popular than Yang in general. Um, is that he is a he hero. is much more active, yeah. heroic. You know, he, he he is a he is the legendary galactic hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he is a he is a man who is driven by an ideal. And, um, you know, he does not use proxies. He does not use, you know, uh, whatever. He he does it himself. And it's I mean, so, so far, if Legend of Black Heroes is a Fire Emblem game, Reinhardt would be the main character. Yes. And Yang Wen would be the honorable <laughs> general on the wrong side. No, no. I, I was going to say, Yang Wen Lee is the tactician. He's the character that doesn't <laughs> even make it onto the map. Uh, uh. Yeah, like <laughs> unless you're playing uh, the first uh, Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem, where your tactician could actually be represented on the map with a uh, a caravan wagon. But uh, you know, I digress. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's uh, it's the kind of the thing of like, it, I get it, right? Like that's what makes Reinhard, you know, uh, admirable and popular and charismatic. And yet, at the same time, like all of those same ideals are often used and exploited by authoritarianism. Like those ideals are what fuel the philosophy that oh, you're right. Most of us are lesser. Most of us are great man theory. Right. It, it leads to great man theory. You know, something that has been thoroughly debunked by modern historians. Or we've we've approached more of a meet, of a of a middle ground, you know, like where mm-hmm. it's where where we no longer just assume oh all things in history are just caused by great singular individuals, but it is that exact philosophy that allows people to believe oh why should I have political agency? Uh, I'm not a hero. I, I'm not legendary. I'm just a regular guy. What right do I have to have any say in politics or or my rule when there's someone like Reinhard von Lohengrin? Meanwhile, that's why we have representative democracy. <laughs> <laughs> Ideally, <laughs> uh, yeah. well, you know. Uh, but anyways, I'll, I'll kind of get to the other side though. Like I think Yang Wen Li is like you're right. He is less he is less traditionally heroic, but I think in many ways he is just as admirable because of exactly what they say in this episode. Like. Sure. Does Yang Wenli tend to lead from the back? Of course. Does he use tricks? Does he use deception? Does he do everything that would make him a villain in any other anime? Of course. But also, he doesn't do these actions lightly. We see this as far back as we see this as far back as when he took Izerloan. Yeah. Yang does not take any action he commits lightly. Right. We be, he becomes more sympathetic because we see him like internally suffer for what he chooses to do. Right, Basically. right. Like, let's not forget, this is the Yang Wenli that told Julian, never forget the civilians of the enemy side. Like, to everybody, to the outsider, 
Uh, it is totally understandable why Yang Wen Li is called the Scourge, a sort of disease. <laughs> the trick, that dirty trickster. This malign trickster who delights in, in, in humiliating and destroying the Empire fleets, you know, and their, and their, and their heroic and, and gallant admirals. But mm. because we see... He's just, he's just, <laughs> just pictured Yang Wen Li dressed, as, dressed up as fucking dastardly whiplash or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll get you next time, gadgets. Right, like, there should totally be, like, if that Legend of the Galactic Heroes, like, fucking gotcha game still existed, <laughs> like, there should have been an alternate costume of Yang Wen Li that was, like, Demon King Yang Wen Li. Oh, uh, boy. Like, up, like, fucking Oda Nobunaga or something, you know, to, like, live up to his perception by the Empire's side. But, uh, but at the same time, because we see his inner thoughts, yeah, as you say, because we see him suffer for his choices... We understand that, no, like, Yang Wenli is just as much a hero as Reinhardt. Like, mm-hmm. he is just as much, you know, for, for, for all the meaning of what you call a quote-unquote hero, you know? Like, he is yeah. that. <clears throat> and he's carry that weight. Yes, he's going to carry that weight, and he might carry that weight for not a whole much longer <laughs> if... So I'm gonna take you know I'm gonna say thank you to Chung Yu Chan for like <laughs> for I think for teaching you and I that sometimes we have to say the things we don't want to say uh, we have to we have to accept their potential reality. I mm-hmm. oh god okay I don't know if Yang Wen Li survives this season. <laughs> well, Novi even survives this battle. If they get through the next episode first before we start talking about that. Yes. But I feel like I want to talk about it here specifically because of the marriage proposal. All right. I. Hmm, John Lee has obliterated his plot armor. Yeah. And it is. I wasn't. Too, I wasn't the timing I was, is too convenient. Yeah. The timing is too convenient. <laughs> like now. <sighs> I, th- I was less. I was less sure of Yang living in, at the end of episode 51 than I was at the end. At, and the end of episode 52, let me put it that way. Um, I think Tanaka, Yoshiki Tanaka, is maybe smart enough to know to pull, pull that one out to make you scared. <laughs> but also, but also, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I guess maybe we should have done this after episode 52. <laughs> the exact same thing with Konev. He true. blatantly, we're just going to skip ahead just a tiny bit, but in episode 52, tragically, um, Ivan Konev. Um, is killed in killed in action. Is killed in action while fighting with the Empire. You know, uh, Poplin and Konev and the rest of the squad go out, and uh, when they return, it's it's actually really effective. Like, it's a really effective, uh, effectively done piece of kind of like minor tragedy here, where like Poplin's like, "Why are you here? You're not the leader of the Konev squadron. I'm and, acting commander." And he's like, "I'm I'm acting commander." He's like, "That's bullshit." Konev is your leader. Don't give me this. Don't don't give me this insubordination. Where is Konev? And it's like you know, Konev was killed in action, and you know it's 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 rough. Like we didn't even really like know Konev that well, but like he was such an integral part of like being Poplin's um, check. You know his his his, his, foil, his foil. That like without him, it's never just. I feel like it was never just Poplin. It was always Poplin and Konev. Exactly, exactly. Like, what is Poplin now without Konev? What what conversations does a Poplin have 
without a Konev to bounce them off of, you know, and 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 that was that's my point though. They foreshadow Konev's death so blatantly in episode fifty two. Like I want to believe Legend of Galactic Heroes is better than that, but clearly they've shown not always. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I my fear is that what if. What if Konev's death is in and of itself a dark foreshadowing <clears throat> of events to come? Like, because we've we've talked about this, right? Like, for better or worse, or at least the way they have written the plot, they make it feel like this battle can only go one of two ways. Either Reinhard lives or Reinhard dies. And if Reinhard lives, that means Yang fails. I mean, what, what was the, the wager I met I made at the end of episode 51? It was uh Either the FPA dies and Yang lives, or Yang dies and the FPA lives. Right, and my suspicion is that it's going to be the latter. That Yang will do something in this battle, like, once he has failed to kill Reinhard. And again, this is why it sucks to know about long-haired Reinhard. <laughs> I know, like, right? We inherently know I, Reinhard. I couldn't Reinhard. not see that artwork no, no, because, like, it's 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 iconic. It's an iconic like look for him. Yeah, like, and and so of course you know we were always going to be slightly spoiled by this, but unfortunately that means we know Reinhard survives the Battle of Vermilion. There, there is no there, there's 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 no art of long-haired Yang Wen Li. <laughs> there's, there's no young one Lee with a ponytail you know <laughs> with a uh, ponytail and a beard or something you know <laughs> like cordial stick you know like so the thing is like then does young one Lee fail to kill Reinhard but then somehow give his life to ensure that the FPA survives this war like does he do something that actually forces the, F- the Empire to retreat without killing Reinhard but is that very same mm. act also his life, mm. you know, in exchange for the FPA survival? And we'll find out. I guess perhaps. it's just like, what is what is Legend of the Galactic Heroes without Young Wen Li? <laughs> Who knows? What, I don't know. What, what is this show without arguably its most it's most our favorite character. <laughs> even if even if Young Wen Li is not your favorite character, I know he is in many ways. It's most compelling and fleshed out and and interesting. And mm. I I'm not going to say I don't know if I can watch a Legend of the Galactic Heroes without Young Wen Li in it. But if I weren't watching this with you and we were recording <laughs> this podcast. Yang dying might be enough to convince me to stop watching this show altogether. It's too much. But also, I I don't see how else season two ends. And that is what scares me. Yeah, well. Very core of my being. Uh, before we get to that, we have episode 52. <sighs> yeah, so let's just get to 52. <laughs> the Battle of Vermilion Part 2. My, my point is, I just want to say my point is, Yang... <laughs> Don't propose to people before the <laughs> over. It's really bad. It's really bad. It's it's uh how could you throw away all your plot armor like this? Yeah. Uh so anyway, so 52 Battle of Vermilion Part 2. Yeah, Young Space starts lamenting over 
how tiring this battle is and how if he had just a few thousand more ships, he could make this work. Yes. But yeah. he doesn't. No. And he has to make do with what he has. And it's kind of this really like kind of not tragic, but in a way tragic like example of the circumstances in which Yang Wenli is operating under. Like always on always at the disadvantage. Always at the disadvantage. Never enough men. Never enough support. And it's always because the FPA is just too fucking incompetent to like just give him what he needs. Like, well, I feel like this time they actually did not have like. Right. Well, that's the thing. They waited because before they were too competent to give what right. he needed. Because like, because here's the thing. Like he's like Yagwen Lee is is asking for just five thousand more ships. If we hadn't fucking like, 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 charged into Empire territory thirty episodes ago. Right. Hundred thousand ships were lost, you know, during the Battle of Arblitzer. Like the FPA had so many ships to lose before now, but like it just, it just never like it. It, it just t- always took it for granted. It always took its numerical, its its like its fleet strength for granted. Just thought they could afford to throw it away because they were fighting against what was at the time an empire clearly in decline. You know, yeah. pre Reinhard, and like. Now we see what all of those decisions have led to. There's a <laughs> fun line here where, because basically, basically, Young's trying to keep charging in, bust through every line of defense to get to Reinhard. But uh, there's always a new layer. Uh, and so Rear Admiral Moreno here is like, Whoa, how many layers is this? What is, is this a petticoat? It <laughs> was really fun because... Ryan Ryan von Lohengram, the petticoat admiral. Yes, yes, his his OG his OG title. <laughs> but uh, back from his von Musel days. Yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah. It just kind of speaks to like you know just the sheer uh, manpower that Reinhardt has available to his disposal. Like Reinhardt doesn't even need to play that smart. He just has sheer numbers to work with. And, like, you could say, oh, what a cheap trick, but it's like, nah, it's just he played the game better. Like, he he maneuvered... My fault, you can't, like, stop me from throwing 100 Hadoukens from far away. Right, right. Like, if I can afford to throw 100 Hadoukens at you and you can't stop it, like, that's not bad strategy. That's just me working with, like, the inherently superior resources I have. And then, yes, um, after this, we have a bit here where, god damn it... Konev is doing crossword puzzles in his spare time. Yes, in between the battles. And of course, of course... Wow, well, what, what starts with an F, but seven letters is something that everyone has. Right, and it's it's a funeral! Oh no! And, yeah. So, uh... Yeah, so they make it through, like, I think they said they made it up to, like, nine layers you know it's really like it's really you know just bleeding out the the fpa fleet you know they're like they keep busting through but it's just never enough until uh julian shows up i think i figured out what their formation is yeah yeah julian kind of figures it out he's like what's happening here is that we have to keep going in a straight line towards reinhardt right mm-hmm. that means that actually reinhardt's formation is very long and narrow uh, towards us, you know, it's basically it's basically a fucking mega jet stream attack. 
you know, just like yeah. layer behind layer behind layer. But what mm-hmm. this, because what this what this means is that uh, what he's basically once, doing, once you pierce a layer, they can circle back around and go to the right. back because you are also forced to pierce into them in a, in the same very narrow linear formation. So what Reinhardt is actually doing is kind of like shuffling the deck, right? Like you've imagined yeah. each layer as a card and deck of cards. You know, Yang Wenli's fleet pierces through one like one card. The remnants of those card retreat, and they go all the way to the very back, reform, and uh, kind of just they keep, they keep, they, it's it, they just keep reshuffling the deck basically, and like that means and that no matter how many yeah. layers you pass through, you will just get ground down by attrition. Yeah, but uh, Julian also thinks that uh, because we now know this, there might be a way to get around uh, this this uh, this uh, deck of cards formation that mm-hmm. Reinhardt has thrown at us. Um. Yeah, then we get some cool uh start. Yeah, really, yeah, that's a really cool shot sequence. Yeah, of yeah. Top so, one, you flying, flying some jets. Yeah, like, like cool. yeah, like you know, we you know, you joke about like how you know Poplin is this you know goofy character, but also Poplin's not to be fucked with. Poplin is, yeah, fucking bar none, maybe the best goddamn star fighter like in this show. Head of alcohol squadron or whatever. Yeah, whiskey from an Applejack, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know which one he's actually the leader of, but, uh, but yeah, like he's fucking schooling on these folks, doing these sick ass like really tight, tight turn maneuvers that like are getting yeah. used to crash into their own ships. Yeah, it's it's really good, but uh, tragically at the end of it, you know, the FPA fighters are getting ground down by the sheer the sheer attrition, the sheer just number of ships they're up against. You know, like. It's like, good job, Poplin, you destroyed a cruiser. Too bad there's, like, fucking uh, uh, 500 of them left. Yeah. I think he's Applejack because he's got an A on his helmet. Oh, okay. That that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, he gets back, and Konev is not there. Konev doesn't make it back. That's that scene we talked about a few minutes ago. Yeah, but, but, you know, we had this kind of a good bit here where he's like, well... How to cruiser be Konev, huh? Right, right. He's like, right. At first, he's like, "How many ships? How many ships? Ships took out Konev? Like, I refuse to believe Konev could get taken out by one or two fighters. You know, like, like Konev's too good. Like, like Konev could go up against ten fighters and come out on top. And yeah, and then the the his the acting commander is like, he got taken out by a cruiser. And uh, you know, Poplin's like, huh? Well, when I go out. Yeah, at least ten battleships. Yes, take me out. And you know what? Here's the thing. Let's be real. Pablo's not surviving this show. Like, not a fucking chance. Uh, You don't think so, dude? No, not (laughs) a chance, dude. Fucking okay. There are characters on the FPA side. I think will make it. You know, Uh, whatever whatever form or shape the FPA is in by the end of Legend of the Galactic Heroes, there are a few characters I think are going to make it. I think Julian. I mean, fucking. I hope I'm not jinxing Julian here, but like, I think Julian's gonna make it. I mean, like, he's always the last one left in the in the ED. Yes, so yes, I think I think even I think because of Yang Wen Lee, I think Frederica will make it. Like, I think like you know, once you once you become a widow, your plot armor goes oh, up fucking well. Unless your unless your name is Jessica Edwards, uh, widows <laughs> usually get maxed. <laughs> Uh, rest in peace, rest just peace, Jack Edwards. Yep. Um, God damn. <laughs> honestly, uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't think Kazanu makes it. I don't think Shenkop makes it. Poplin definitely doesn't make it. 
I think maybe some of those other like admirals, like, like Patrachev and like, maybe Patrachev or Mariah make it, but like, you know, maybe like an Edwin Fisher or something. Bukok definitely doesn't make Fisher it. hasn't showed up in a while. <laughs> right, he doesn't show up often enough. I bet, you know, mm, Schneider probably doesn't make it. Uh, Schneider? Yeah, Mercatz is buddy. Mercatz is number two. Oh, him, him. Yeah, because Mercats probably eats it. So, <laughs> like, okay, we'll say this for season two, our season two finale podcast. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't think a lot of characters on the FPA are going to survive. I mean, look, okay, to be fair, I also don't think most of Reinhardt's admirals are going to be still standing. By left, but they also have a lot of them left. But uh, Poplin, no, dude. Poplin's got like zero plot armor. He's the Joe character. You know he's going to die when it's time to get serious. More serious. Yeah. I suppose you're right. But you know what? I hope that whenever he does go out, he's totally fucking like taking out 10 battleships. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, Yang uh, decides to uh, retreat, retreat yeah. into the asteroid belt uh, temporarily. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, this kind of works because uh, Reinhardt's getting impatient. Yeah. They point out that even though this strategy is perfect for wearing down the FPA. Um, it doesn't jive with Reinhard's personal, like, you know, need to <laughs> battle Young Wen Lee, right? right. Like, like, yes, this is a strategy that will inevitably win because time is on Reinhard's side, manpower is on Reinhard's side. Like, Reinhard can literally, all he has to do is keep continuing this strategy and he will eventually win. Yeah. But Reinhard's not that kind of guy. Reinhard is the guy who, like... You know, I mean, everybody calls Mittermeier the Gale Wolf, but, you know, Reinhardt is also a predator. He, mm-hmm. he, uh, he, he needs, he needs to feel the thrill of closing in on his opponent and destroying them personally. Like, it's, uh, it's, um, this strategy doesn't suit him, basically. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's a, but, he sees a, a big chunk of FPA ships split off the asteroid belt, and uh, one was wondering, "What's hmm? Well, what, what's the ploy here?" Right. Basically, they're kind of like they're kind of like moving around the side to to go to the side of and like it's like it's just enough cards, it's just enough ships that it could be a decoy or it could be the main force. Right. Right. Like it's just enough to be like, well, you can't just straight up ignore it. So. Uh, Reinhard uh, sends out. Um, I don't even remember fucking which admiral, but he sends Everyone, out everyone. Bunch right. of dudes. Let's see here. I have some screenshots. Okay. <laughs> Vice Admiral Velner altering in. Uh, Vice Admiral Dadlich Sauken. Uh, admiral Grun Grunman. Rolf Aldo Brauhitz. A bunch of dudes who aren't that important. A bunch of dudes who you're not you're not going to need to worry about their names for uh, much, much longer, longer in about thirty seconds. Yeah. So, uh, Yang Wenli continues the grand tradition mm-hmm. of pulling off the most fucking beautifully jank ass strategies or uh, tactics yeah. against his enemies. Turns out the know, numbers were because they were dragging asteroids. It's true. <laughs> and we just. Throw these big ass rocks right into the middle of Empire fleets. Yeah, so it turns out that it's just a small splinter feet dragging a bunch of asteroids just chained together, and then just dragging them right into the fucking Empire fleet. 
They like strap the rockets on them and everything. Yeah, yeah and they just completely obliterate <laughs> huge of portions of of Reinhardt's fleet. Uh, yeah, um, and, and uh, Reinhardt's like. God damn it! <laughs> I've been had again. I had again by the trickster Yang Wen Li. A source of disease. Yes, and this allows the rest of Yang Wen Li's fleet to close in on the flagship. And uh, you know, Reinhardt is within yeah. uh, firing is within firing distance of FPA gun. Yeah, and his, the, his uh, staff implore him to escape. Yes, but he's too prideful to retreat. He's like, how how dare I could? Do you think I could live? Like yeah. retreating from Yang Wen Li, and you know Reinhardt was, uh, and here we have a moment where Reinhardt is was almost about to pay for his arrogance. <laughs> Freaking the FPA ship is like right on top of them, charging its lasers. Yes, and I think this part is a little well, whatever. I, it's a little too dramatic for me, but you know I get it. So like, because you know here's the thing: these ships have ranges of like. I know. How- Miles, why would they need to get this close to charge up? But because no, it looks dramatic. Because it looks cool. Because yes, um, a an FPA like battleship is about to fire its guns right into Reinhardt's stupid fucking face when it gets blown up from the side. Because it turns out no, Mueller is back. Yes, not, not Mittermeier. Mueller's here. Mueller arrives at the last second. You know, seconds before his death to save. Yeah. Reinhardt's life. Shrek throws his fleet in between the FPA fleet and, Rein- and Reinhard, like yes. we're human shields from my master. Basically, basically. you know, it's, you yeah. know, you have this bit here where Young's just like, "Damn, you know, I hadn't accounted for Mueller." Yeah, like how, how could we have seen Mueller? How how yeah. come Mueller got here? And and then we find out. Get a so, flashback. So Mueller. So the so uh, to recap, um, all of the admirals from uh, Reinhardt's side were sent to different to capture different supply outposts. Yeah, you know, the idea being that like you know, resistance is likely going to be very minimal here, but it's a real enough of a threat to look like you're actually being sent out, and not that we were just purposely you know, um, isolating you know Reinhardt. But uh, the one Mueller's assigned to is uh, garrisoned by one uh, Admiral Cochrane and uh, or commander or whatever. And uh, yeah. uh, instead of putting up a resistance or even trying to stall for time or anything, uh, Cochrane uh, surrenders. He yeah, surrenders without resistance immediately for upon the right reasons. And here's the, thing. here's the thing: Cochrane, Cochrane is undeniably a good man. In fact, he here's the thing. If Yang Wenli knew about what was about to happen, he would probably still tell Cochrane to do it anyways, because that's just the kind of person Yang Wenli is. He would mm-hmm. respect what Cochrane does here, but yeah. Well, we'll yeah. Just get into it. So Cochrane surrenders without resistance because he does not want his civilians or men to be harmed. He knows he knows that there's actually nothing they can re- reliably do to resist the Empire. They don't have enough men. They don't have the fleet. Like any resistance would be futile in the end. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Mueller's like, I, I like your moxie. I'll, what do you want to work for me? Mueller trying to cop Reinhardt style here, uh, basically. Yeah, yeah, trying to pull a, trying to pull a Reinhardt here of like recruiting, you know, recruiting good members of your enemy, basically. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, because, and here's the thing, Cochrane, again, he does it for the right reasons. He, not only does he surrender, but he, 
he he formally requests that whatever Mueller does, that he also distributes those supplies to FPA civilians, you know, and that he does not like, you know, execute any of his men or whatever. And like, again, this is a good action. This is an honorable action. But also, in ways, in a ways, like... I'll allow you to seize my stuff without bloodshed. Without, without bloodshed, but also without resistance. And yeah. Here's the thing. I'm not. I don't want to get into it too much about like the moral philosophy of uh, f- moral philosophy of war or how morality changes in wartime. Mm-hmm. But there are philosophers who can make the entirely valid argument that actually Cochrane was a very evil man and has committed a very evil act here. Not just because of the Yangwen Lee stuff, but there is there are circles that argue that when you are at a war against your enemy. That it is actually your moral imperative, up to a certain extent, like to, fight them to, to fight them, to hinder them. Because, yes, you you surrendering here is very good and honorable and will save the lives of your men. But what if that allows your enemy, and in the case of Yang Wenli here, what if it allows your enemy to then fight another enemy quicker and in better health and in better condition? Like, that in ways, you, I mean, have you not just assisted can, your enemy? How can you to, predict such a thing, though? Right, how can you predict such a thing? But it, but at the same time, it's like, but then again, you are a soldier, you know? You're not a politician, you are not a civilian, you are a soldier. And uh, let's be clear here, the moral imperative of a soldier is to destroy your enemy and defend your nation. Like, that is the explicitly stated occupation of a soldier. Could and argue so, that him giving up about the fight is protecting his nation's people, though. It is protecting his nation's people, but then at what cost? Again, right. I, like again, I'm not necessarily arguing for this. What I'm saying is that the argument often is that, right, is that if protecting your yes, protecting your people is good, but if aiding, but if it also aids your enemy and allows them to fight even better because you have helped them, like. In a ways, have you not in some way actually potentially doomed even more lives? You right. know? And I mean, the narrator straight up says it here that like, if because he allowed Mueller to take the base with no resistance, that gave Mueller enough time to rush to Reinhardt's side yes. uh, at a time of crisis. Right. Like had, that perhaps, had, had yeah, perhaps but, if he had delayed Mueller, Reinhardt would have died at that moment. Yeah, exactly. Had Cochrane put up a resistance or fought back you know, even a little bit, who knows how things could have changed. And again, we, they, they have a great plan. Uh, that appraisal would be left to the analysis of future historians. Right, yes. You know, there's this idea that, like, again, uh, I have my own feelings about Cochrane's actions. Other people, I'm sure, have many feelings about Cochrane's actions. At the end of the day, Legend of the Galactic Heroes makes the smart choice of neither portraying this as a good or evil act. You it's know? just how it went down. Like, right. Like, it's not like, it's not like they, like, you know, it's not like Cochrane is, is portrayed as like a sniveling coward who's like, oh, please don't hurt how could me. You, how could you know? Surrender. Like, right. Exactly. Like, they don't portray well, him as an, as an idiot. They don't portray him as a fool or a coward, you know, or self, you know, or selfish. You know, again, he refuses Mueller's uh, appraisal. Like, it's more a commentary on how the nature of history and war is just a thousand individual decisions made independent of each other that all exactly. for one cohesive whole. Yeah, like here's the thing. 
I'm sure some people will use Cochrane's actions as an example of proof of great man theory. That, oh, you see, it was because of the actions of a single individual that this battle was affected, but that would be missing the bigger picture. Like, that would miss that the reason that battle happened in the first place was because of actions committed by Yang Wen Li and Reinhard von Lohengrim. But then the actions of that battle were caused by the actions of both the Empire and the FPA in their political machinations and the actions they took leading up to that. And that those actions were affected by the political maneuvering of Fizan and, and many individuals on that side. And those actions were right. – it goes on and on and on. It's a web of it, – it's, it's layers of webs, right? Like, like to say that, oh, this happened solely because of this one individual's actions misses that those actions themselves were informed by millions of right. other actions committed prior yeah, to you get, Like, I mean, I, I understand the appeal of, like, say, a time travel story where I changed one tiny thing and that changes everything. Right. And but then, like, like, maybe it does, but it doesn't change them as, like, in the way you th- might think they do. Because right. it was just one piece of, again thousands or millions or however many like and so again i think i think so understands that is that while one action can have lots of consequences it is because those consequences involve the actions of many other people as well exactly and you know again i think that's why i really like the line this analysis will be left to future historians like because how could any of them have known in the moment? Because how could any of them have known at the moment, right? Like, and you can just feel because of how well fleshed out Legend of the Galactic Heroes setting is, you just know that, yes, people, <laughs> like, like, in-universe, historians will be debating <laughs> Cochrane hey, hey, for, <laughs> for decades or centuries. Uh, like, there will be historians who will build their entire career around analyzing uh, Cochrane and World the twist he makes here. Aubrey <laughs> Cochrane. Right. Like, well, that's, that's what I mean. Historians will, date, will debate for centuries. Like, was Cochrane a monster or was Cochrane a, ma- a man in a tough situation who did what he felt was the right thing? And that's just two options. There are millions more, of course. Like, yeah. And I think that is like why we say – it's why we said at the start of the show and why we still say now that when we, Legend of, we talk about Legend of Galactic Heroes and the concept of lore, Legend of Galactic Heroes does not have lore. It has history. Because it's 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 action the weight of everything, you yes. know. Yes, they have so much nuance and depth to them. But yes, so to get back to it, uh, Mueller fucking shoves himself in between Young and Reinhard, and that yeah, saves Reinhard's life. A perfect time for a Young to not, you know, like turn the tide, basically. Yeah. But uh, Young, so Young kind of starts to retreat, you know, kind of like, fuck it, like, we they're can't keep pushing in. Shooting, yeah, I mean. well, well, they are shooting, but, like, we're, we're getting, we're getting, you know, uh, I, I forget which admiral says it, but, like, they lose, like, they lost, like, 60% of their fleet, you know, right. in, in that fight. Like, they are exhausted. There's like, a shot of Dusty Attenborough, like, exhausted, unshaven. Right, and, like, right. Fucking Dusty needs a shave. <laughs> He's got stubble. Uh, like it just tells you like what what have been the what, what has been the human like yes we've seen the people dying but also like the mental cost the emotional cost of this battle yeah and yeah, like Admiral, Admiral Mountain is killed in action yeah yeah and like it's just like they were so close and now they're so far again and now they have to fight both Mueller and Reinhardt <laughs> That's That's a, 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 Empire Admirals like calling in 
asking for help. And Reinhardt just says, uh, tell them to die. Right, die for the Empire. Because, like, those parts of the those parts of the battlefield have already been lost. I didn't bring my magic jar today. Yeah, Reinhardt forgot his magic jar. You know, he, he knew he left something when he left for, for Fazan. But just, you know, hey, yeah. when you're packing, you, you think you remember everything. You, th- you think, you hope that Hilda and Oberstein will remind you. You know, Reinhardt, did you remember your magic jar? But, like... You I don't know, remember where I left it. Don't remember where I left it. If only Kirky Eyes were here, he would remember he would to bring remember. that magic jar. Kirky Eyes were still alive. Yeah, if only Kirky Eyes were still alive. But, <laughs> he'd uh, have the magic jar. He'd have the magic yeah, jar. Over the end credits, we have this hilarious sequence of right. your ship gets like... Is, is about to explode. Right, it's like critically injured. and sure, uh, escapes another battleship or Zoom Command. Alright, let's go. Oh, and this battleship was also fire shot. <laughs> yes. All right, I need to move to another battleship. And he just keeps moving from ship to ship to ship to ship. Right, I think they say that by the time he... I think they, he says, like, by the time Mueller reached his fifth battleship, he had finally reestablished the battle lines. And no, I was just well, like... No, because, because Mueller was constantly unable to take command of his fleet. Right, yes, yes. Song was able to, like, reform up his battle lines. Yeah, well, that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, is that right? Mueller, no, 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 no. I was trying to say that by the time... By the time Mueller finally gets into a place where he can actually start leading troops again... Right, so like, like, so basically, yes. Yeah, so by the time, because Mueller keeps hopping all these ships, he doesn't have time to lead his men. And, and again, this kind of speaks to like, even this is just happenstance. Like, yeah, like this is just chance, right? It's not like anybody said specifically target, you know, Mueller's ship. It's just like, hey, it's a battle, you know, like people get shot, you know, like plenty of commanders in in war, especially pre World War II, back when you know commanders actually did have to lead often very close to the battlefield. We're often just taken out by like completely stray bullets or cannons. You know, it's like this yeah. is the era when you could accurately snipe, you know, a commander. So often it was just like, you know, I think that dude's got a funny hat over there. Try and land a cannon over there. Maybe that's slightly different from the rest. Right, <laughs> right. Take him out. And so we kind of have this great bit here. Right, right. It's just like, like again, like yes, was Yang Yang failed to kill Reinhard because of pure uh, quote unquote pure chance, but also. By pure chance, Yang is given just enough time to reorganize his fleet because of Mueller's uh, hilarious ship hopping adventure. That yeah, uh, also gets him a new a new nickname yeah, in the process. Mueller is now Mueller Iron Shield. Yes, along with, with uh, along with Odd Eyes Royenthal and Gale Wolf Mittermeier. Yes, because yes. Mueller has distinguished himself enough yes. to have and, a title. And, and, and you also forgot um, uh, Bittenfield. It rhymes with Garfield. <laughs> Uh, Black Lantern Field rhymes with Garfield, but uh, yes, yes. So that ends uh, episode fifty-two, and uh, yeah, with- and, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Young is within firing range of the Brunhilds. Yeah, and uh, time to fire and starts charging the laser, and then gets to cuts to fucking still frame. Uh, like it's it's so funny to me because yeah. you know we all know the anime thing of and the last frame of the episode goes to pastel style. Yeah, whoosh, 
Yeah. But no, they didn't fucking care to actually do have, that. It looks like they, they didn't just, have the times. They just throw a real <laughs> shitty filter over the last shot. Oh my god, it is the most awful fucking looking oh, it's filter. So funny, it's, it's so good. good. It's like, it is so like early 2000s, like somebody discover, discovered like, you know, fucking Adobe Premiere. It would have been like or, a mid 90s. Or like Final Cut Pro. Well, no, because isn't this scene one of the reanimated ones? Oh, you guys are right. I think it is like it's not one of the old shots. Oh, this you're, right, the, you're right. You're uh, right. The new. I game. wonder how that looked in the old version. Yeah. Well, point is, it is just the most hilariously bad looking, like still, like, like still frame of like right before the 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 cannon is about to fire, and despite and that, freeze. Despite that, fucking. God damn it! This show, fucking most. God damn it! In the world. I don't know what's happening to happen. I don't know, man. I'm so tired. I'm so fucking tired of this show. Not in the sense that I'm tired of this show, but this show tires me out so much to watch. <laughs> like, it is heavy. Yeah. Like, just, I just want everybody to be okay. Yeah, I know. I just want. Gong <laughs> doesn't deserve this. He doesn't. He truly doesn't. Young. Yang deserved. Yang deserved to be bored in peacetime. He deserved. He deserved to live his days as like an average to above average historian. You know, just mm-hmm. whiling his days away working on his PhD. But thanks <sighs> uh, for speculation. Time. Yeah, this is this is the world he lives in. I guess. I don't think Yang will die in this in this season. I don't think I don't think it'll happen. I think I I think at worst he gets captured. I don't think he gets captured. That's too convenient because I think I think because if he gets captured, he meets Reinhardt, and I think it is actually I think I think one of I think of I see I think one of Legend of Galactic Heroes' secret thematic imperatives, like to build that up they never meet is that Reinhardt and and Reinhard, yes, Reinhardt and Yang never meet. But it's taken half the show already. Yeah, like they have never spoken. Like they have spoken to each other across like correspondence, but. Like, Never spoke to each other directly. Yeah, and I think that I that is saying, a- like, what if season three is of you know Yang Wen Lee? The FPA has collapsed. Yang Wen Lee is being held captive, and Reinhard, you know, must constantly lord it over Yang Wen Lee that he's won. Must like spend his time trying to <laughs> trying to get Yang Wen Lee to understand him, etc. You know, because Kirky Eyes is here, and Kirky Eyes who met Yang Wen Lee told him all those years ago that he seems like a very he seems like a good normal man and if we could be friends that would be the greatest and saying so, you know reinhardt just thinks himself i i must speak with young Wen lee and meanwhile I, all of fpa dudes are like plotting the resistance or something i'm we, sorry we need man. to bust young I, lee out of military prison i think i think that I think I think that sounds like a great non-canon Gaiden series. <laughs> I don't think that's I think that's too I think that's too wishful in its thinking. Like because yes, believe me, I would watch an entire season of Reinhardt trying to like fucking emotionally and mentally break down Yang Wen Lee. And then Yang Wen Lee just always having like some fucking snide off comment. One line that shakes Reinhardt to his core. Right. Like, I can totally just imagine like fucking this fucking amazing spin-off anime that's just like Reinhardt like fucking taking uh, Yang Wen Lee around his like, you know, his capital big, you know, say like, see Yang Wen Lee, see how good my people live, and you know they can vote as well, right? And now we're we getting 
to institute democratic institutions. Also, by the way, we're cracking down on corruption, and people now are living higher standards of living than ever. What do you think of that, Yang Wenli? And Yang Wenli, look, I, here's the thing. Here's the thing that would make this show work, would make this, this hypothetical show amazing, is that Yang Wenli wouldn't come up with like some hyper-calculated like question. No, like, he, would be, he would just be Yang Wenli. Yeah, like he would just say, this would just be Yang Wenli being Yang Wenli, and he would just say some single, like barely thought out innocuous comment like probably something to do with like yeah Reinhardt but also you still like you know hold all the reins or something you know there's like some completely innocuous like he's not even thinking that deeply just a stray observation and mm-hmm. then Reinhardt would just like he went ugh ugh just <laughs> pierced his heart and like he'd be like excuse me I need to return to my private quarters and, and Reinhardt would agonize over that comment for days Oh, basically, I, yeah. I don't think he. Maybe that won't that scenario I laid out won't happen exactly, but uh, I don't think Young is going to die within the next two episodes. I might be wrong. Maybe I'm eating crow in the just, next couple days. He but... proposed to Frederica. He proposed <laughs> to Frederica. I think they're just trying to scare you, man. I I think that's what's happening because that's what they did to Konev. Okay, that's why Konev dying takes some of the heat off of Yang Wen Lee. Are you saying Konev died so that Yang Wen Lee may live? <laughs> Maybe on a purely narrative level. <laughs> yeah, I I don't buy it, man. I feel like they specifically set up Konev's death specifically to foreshadow Yang Wen Lee. And oh man, I just don't know, man. I just uh, trying to make uh, you scared. Uh, they they succeeded. I'm very scared. <laughs> I'm very scared. Uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, a uh, fucking underrated uh, um, secret best horror anime. In addition, in addition to every other uh, title I have given it, in addition to in addition to best space opera and best political uh, thriller and best much. romance and I'm best just... comedy, also best horror. I wonder just over the next two episodes how much of what we have just said will be. Absolutely turned on its head. <laughs> oh yeah! Look, if everything I say is completely invalidated, of course I'll be happy. You know, all like, people told us to watch fifty-one through fifty-three simultaneously, or whatever. Yeah, well, we're doing fifty-three and fifty-four now. So, sorry, uh, so, sorry, guys. But uh, okay, it's important, so it's important that we speak, not yeah. knowing what yeah, will happen. It, right. Look, it isn't like look. All this good ass content you guys are hearing right now. This is because we don't fucking know shit. That's what makes this. Uh, <laughs> that's what makes this work. Like, yes, believe me. Feel if look if we have enough fans out there that there is somebody out there willing to fucking make a YouTube supercut of every time we've been wrong about our speculation in Legend of the Galactic uh, Heroes. Please, please make that. I would love to hear it. I would love to hear Legend of the Glory Heroes cringe compilation. Yeah, every every 20. dumb bad thing we've speculated incorrectly. Like, I I I would love to hear that. But um, but yeah. I think uh, with that said, with uh, with a heart full of anxiety, I'm going to say that has been another podcast of Legend yeah. of the Glory of Heroes. Um, might as well take care of the housekeeping. So, as always, you can listen to uh, Legend of the Glory of Heroes and the rest of our content on theglorioblog.com. You can follow us on Twitter at theglorioblog. You can listen to the podcast as well as our sister podcast, uh, the Glorio Chat on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play. It's it's everywhere now. 
I think. Um, All major podcast aggregators. Yes, yes. Leave a review. Um, I think that we're a five-star podcast, but of course, you know, I'll I'll leave that up to you guys to decide. Um, I I trust your judgment. I, I, I judge your taste. If you're listening to us, if you're listening to Legend of the Glory Heroes, I bet you have great taste. And I think mm-hmm. I think you can be trusted to know um, that we're a five-star podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, Legend um, of the Glory Heroes on High Dive and Verve. Yes, yes. Um, and you can also listen to the podcast on YouTube. Um, if you subscribe there, well, you might one day get a unique URL. We keep saying that, and there will be a time where it happens, and then all of the old podcasts will sound fucking ridiculous. Yes, yes, and it'll be great. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's it. So, um, as always, thank you all for listening. Euro, thank you for, uh, for coming along. Yeah, thank you. You know, uh, are we? No, we're still, oh my god, we're not even halfway. I was gonna say, are we we half yet? After next episode, we will be halfway. Oh my god! I'm not, like I'm concerned, fifty four as end of season two to be that halfway point. Sure, sure. I was trying to remember what is what is half of one hundred and ten. And mean, uh, my there. understanding is that this marks the end of the fifth novel. Okay, out of ten. Yeah. Okay, okay. <sighs> but yeah, man, we're we're getting through it, guys. We're we'll we'll get through this together. But, uh, yes. We'll see you all next time amongst the Sea of Stars. <laughs>